Bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de su mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Will the Thrill Clark y Miguelito Sandiaguito. Not with us today, but Will the Thrill will be with us tonight. A brand new edition of Deuces Wild. Until then, let's properly salute our boys. Yes, 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 yes. Woo! Remember this, folks? When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are... Go ahead, class. Take a shot at it. Fucking useless. A very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this 19th day of July 2023. I just sent out the Daily Hustle email. I think it's a pretty good one. Figuring that I wrote it when I was sitting at the breakfast table. A bit distracted. But I think it has a pretty good message to it. Before we get into that, let's go ahead and remember who our title sponsor is. Bet Online. That's right. Bet Online is the number one online betting destination. This holiday season is off and rolling. NFL in full stride. NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet online is your number one spot for all of the wagering info. Not just the big four either. Bet online has available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer to, I don't know, whatever else you could possibly imagine. Go to bet online and sign up for an account today do not forget to put in the promo code believe capital b l e a v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts also as you guys know one of our proud sponsors kt tape Yup, that's right. Go ahead and go to your... Yeah, there's a section in here on No Filter Network where I can click and I can actually see what you guys see. So go to the upper. This is my left. Your right-hand corner. Hit the QR code and get yourself some tape. It is pretty simple science, although I am not a scientist or a doctor, but you put the tape on, it lifts the skin up, promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation, and helps alleviate pain. KT tape, deflaming muscles since its creation. And then lastly here, don't forget to try Verge. Let's see if I get a full one. I need one right here. Go to tryverge.com. This stuff is fucking fantastic it is lemon it is cannabis 
it is ginger and it gives you that sustained high that we are all looking for not the sugar fix that you're gonna go up and down this isn't five hour energy folks this is just hey get a shot of verge feel the air pass through your nostril it's gonna bring you to a happy place so on that note cheers and as i mentioned each and every single day incredibly soothing on the throat okay today's daily hustle electronic email communication title raising expectations buenos dias today is tuesday december 19 2023 daily hustle quote of the day people have a way of living up to expectations expect great things from great people daily hustle translation don't underestimate somebody who has a positive attitude with a willingness to learn when we believe someone is capable of something grand it oftentimes make that makes that person believe it themselves when i was 15 i played on a travel team called the peninsula mets we had a kid pete brennan who was heads and heels better than everybody else at that point scouts would flock to games and after one particular game our coach jerry Bergson asked a scout from the Baltimore Orioles what he thought about Pete. His response was something along, along the lines of, I like Brennan, but that Burns kid is going to play in the big leagues. Jerry, Jerry relayed the story to me when I was riding middle seat in his Toyota pickup truck on Highway 80 on the downgrade coming into Vallejo on the way home from the game. Why do I remember exactly where I was? Because... That was the exact moment I got confirmation from a credible source, which solidified my belief that I was one day going to play in the major leagues. I had told anyone who would listen that I was going to be a big leaguer, but other than my parents, nobody seemed to agree with me until I was made aware of the scouts' expectations. Bottom line, believe big, not just in yourself, but in those you know have the passion, energy, and effort to be great. Sometimes that's all it takes to help somebody maximize their potential. See ya, E-B. So that is all a true story. Pretty crazy. But we were over in Richmond, I believe. I mean, what a freaking tough place that was shitty field i playing against a team that i just remember what wasn't great and there wasn't much to it i remember the day and the only reason why i remember that is probably the only day i remember from the peninsula mets we had well other than the big brawl we had against the Folsom flames that got us kicked out of the junior olympics but that's a whole nother story and probably a show on its own so I do remember getting a fastball like middle in and just fucking buggy whipping it. Not down the line, actually. It was in the left center field gap. And I'm probably a double, maybe a triple. I don't know. At the time, too, I don't think I really had a position. I think I placed an outfield, I placed some third base, kind of all over the place. I even started catching it. I caught my senior year of high school. But 
here was this scout from the Baltimore Orioles. And, you know, when you're playing at, what, 15, 16 years old, and there's scouts in the stands, like, we all know who it is. The scouts would roll in, and these guys are like fucking celebrities. Well, they were all there for one reason. It was Pete Brennan. Now, we did have some other quality players on that team. Actually, a lot of them. But Brennan was the main attraction. At this point, he was hitting balls over 400 feet. Just an absolute beast. He was a catcher. He had a rocket of an arm. Now, ironically, Pete Brennan ended up going to Sarah High School. Well, after the game, Jerry Berkson went up and talked to the scout. It's like, you know, let's call him Bill or Bob. I don't remember the scout's name. Actually, a matter of fact, I think I do remember his name, Ivan. So he went up to Ivan, and he's like, yo, you know, what would you think about Pete? He goes, yeah, I, I like I like Brennan, but that Burns kid is going to be a big leaguer. And just the way he said it with such conviction, it was similar to when I wrote on a text message last night to Joey Meatballs and Johnny Bag of Donuts that the Seattle Seahawks were going to win that football game. I believed it in my heart. Now, was there a guarantee? No. Was there a guarantee I was going to play in the big leagues? No. But both those things happened. So when you take your expectations and sometimes share them with somebody, that could be the one moment in time that you change a kid's life, that you change a co-worker's life, a partner's life, a spouse's life, a kid's life, whatever it is, your belief in somebody is fucking gigantic in helping them believe in themselves. So as I wrote in the Daily Hustle, we were on the way home and we were riding in Berkson's shitbox. This tan Toyota I don't even know what you call it, man. I mean, it wasn't like a pickup truck. It was this, it was almost like a downgraded version of an El Camino. Tiny little thing. And there were points where we literally would stick like 11 dudes in there. We'd all get in the bed of the truck. Not when we were going far, but if we were going to grab a sandwich in between double headers or something. But this thing was a fucking jalopy, man. I mean, what a piece of shit. Really, really. It was, but it was our piece of shit. It was Berkson's piece of shit. So the funny thing is, is that Jerry Berkson went on to start the feds, which is a perennial Northern California travel ball powerhouse. Powerhouse. So hats off to Berkson. Uh, They've been a thorn in the side of LTP. We had some great battles with with their older group. Haven't had a chance to play their group that's now a 12U, but hopefully, you know, looking forward to that. They do less national stuff. They did go down to Huntington Beach, I believe, or they were in West Covina for the tournament that we won down there and did okay. It was HB or West Covina, or maybe it was Vegas. I don't know. 
But it's a team that, for being a local group of kids, it's really impressive because he starts with the fundamentals and he just hammers the fundamentals home. Colton, I took him out to a feds practice. He was like eight. And they did their standard square drill where they go around the infield and just play catch. So it was second to first, first to home, home to third. And you just do that. You play catch, you play catch, you play catch. And that's it. Well, the feds perfect it. They perfect the fundamentals, and that's what makes them a good baseball team. And Jerry, a, a good baseball coach, he has a different style than I do. But nonetheless, they've had a, a ton of success and all the respect um, in the world for Jerry. So I do remember that exact moment in time when he told me that because Jerry could be a bit of a, I don't know, condescending, sarcastic asshole at times. And when we were riding home, it actually was, I, I prompted it because I saw him talking to the scout. And it wasn't like I was fishing, trust me, about me or anything else. But I said, hey, what did, what did, he, what did the scout say about Brennan? He goes, check this shit out. He goes, he told me he likes Pete, but he says, you're, gonna, you're the one who's going to be a big leader. I'm like, huh? What? And I kind of like that, like, shock moment a little bit but then after that it was yeah you're fucking damn right i am and it's about time somebody else recognized that because when i was nine i knew i was going to be be a big leader i would tell my mom i would tell my dad and they were both super encouraging and always oh yeah i tell my sister it's my sister she didn't want to hear it She's like, yeah, whatever. She goes, why don't you work on just trying to start on the St. Francis baseball team first? So anyhow, when you hear that conviction from somebody else that is credible like that, that did it. That's all I needed to hear. And that's a significant moment. I'm 47 years old. Lived a lot of life since then. If you think about it, I've you know, went to St. Francis and then UCLA and then all through the minor leagues, it was Medford to Visalia, Visalia to Modesto, Modesto to Midland, Midland to Sacramento, a stop in Los Mochis in Mexico, Dominican Republic and uh, playing for Licey in Santo Domingo. And then it was up and down nine times between the A's and Sacramento to getting traded to the Colorado Rockies, getting traded to the Baltimore Orioles, getting released, signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks, playing four years there, getting released, signing with Seattle. And then after Seattle, getting released again and turning the page and getting into broadcasting and endurance sports and living that life of fatherhood and coaching and writing and all these things. There's a lot of life that has been lived since that moment. Yet, I'll never forget it. So just think how incredible it is that we can have that much of an influence. And so that scout, Ivan, had that much of an influence. And he didn't even know it. I don't know where he is today. Hopefully he's still with us. But at this point, I just want to say thank you. And you know, no matter where he is. And 
This isn't anything I ever really talked about openly much. I, I think I wrote about it in the effort list, but this isn't something that comes up a lot. But when I read that quote, which, which is the don't, excuse me, which is that people have a way of living up to expectations. When I saw that, I'm like, yeah, here was somebody who had big expectations for me, which then confirmed, you know, my expectations for myself and got me rolling. So uh, top five news stories for today. MLB rumors. Yep. Let's get right into them. What I'm hearing about Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the Cubs, the Pirates, and the pitching market. The reports. <clears throat> excuse me for a second. Ah, coffee tastes good this morning. The reports about teams submitting $300 million offers to Yamamoto are inaccurate. As first reported by Jeff Passan on ESPN.com, Yamamoto, the most coveted pitcher on the free agent market, has been meeting and talking with teams in recent weeks. He's expected to sign a contract in excess of $250 million. But teams as of Monday morning had not been asked to discuss terms. But that is expected to soon change. And there's a real chance he signs before Christmas. I think that's the time, actually, that you want to sign. Because as you get into the holiday season and you're going to meet with family members, I I, I really did. I took this approach. I was with family members over Christmas. And at this point, I was a free agent, and it was Arizona, it was Pittsburgh, it was Cleveland. Really kind of the main three that had offers, and I had another offer to go back with Colorado. So, looking at those, I'm like, man, do I want to have these discussions over and over and over and over and over and over and over again with all my family members at Christmas? I'm like, no. I don't. I want to decide. And so I went golfing the day before Christmas Eve, actually. So it was probably the 23rd. And that's when I was with Sasson, my agent, Mike Sasson, legendary dude, my uncle Chris, and my uncle Terry. And I think T might have been there. Maybe my dad, and I, my dad and I talked extensively on this, but we decided after the round that Cleveland was going to be it. And so once we decided that, I had Sasson relay the information back to Arizona that Cleveland, thanks for the offer, but the discrepancy, which was a million dollars because Arizona's offer was 1.75. Cleveland was at 2.75 was just too much for us to pass up, but we did give Arizona one, one last shot 
and said if they raised their offer to 2.25, I was in. But that was it. It was like not a dollar less. Got to get to 2.25. I'll leave a half a billion dollars on the table to be the starting center fielder, which was what Arizona was offering for a year. But I'm not leaving a million bucks. And I also love the idea of playing for Mark Shapiro and somebody who believed in me as much as I believed in myself, right? It goes back to the scout and what I was talking about. So Arizona then comes up to the 225. And boom, that was it. Ended up calling AJ Hinch. I think he said he was at Mass. And he co- he tells the story. It's, it's actually pretty funny. You ever get a chance to pry this out of him? Maybe I should have him on. AJ Hinch unfiltered. That'd be fucking unreal. That'd be really, really fantastic. So, anyhow, the um, end up signing with. Arizona, and then that was that. But I do believe that free agents would like to get this done before the holiday season. It says there are many teams involved in the Yamamoto sweepstakes, including the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mets, Yankees. The Dodgers sent a contingent that included Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, and others to meet with Yamamoto. Mets owner Steve Cohen flew to Japan to meet with the right-hander while Yamamoto also met with the Mets and Yankees recently in New York. I love the move by Steve Cohn going to Japan. You got to meet them where they are, dude. Fantastic recruiting job right there. It says once Yamamoto signs, the free agent market will have a domino effect, especially on the pitching side, but Yamamoto is many teams' top target, which figures to only increase his bidding and could have the teams that miss on the star right-hander scrambling for alternative options via trade or free agency. I still, I take Blake Snell over him. Fuck off. I, why? Why are we going after somebody that's unproven that's never thrown a day in the big leagues? And we're valuing him that much higher than the reigning Cy Young Award winner with a two ERA and filthy shit from the left side. Somebody explain that to me. Do I think they should be somewhat even? Yeah, because Yamamoto is younger, and Yamamoto is filthy. He's got the shit to back it up. It's a mid-90s fastball, that devastating split finger. The guy's nasty. But to value him over Blake Snell doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me at all. Starting pitching market is only going to heat up. Teams involved in the starting pitching market include the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Cubs, Mets, Yankees, Blue Jays, Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Astros. Despite signing Martin Perez to an $8 million contract as first reported by Fanside, the Pirates are not done exploring the market for starting pitchers. The same goes for the Dodgers, who recently traded for and extended Tyler Glass now. Uh, That's... Other than Snell, I mean, I would put Glass now, Snell, and Yamamoto all in the same camp. So the Dodgers getting Glass now, good on that. The only thing I'd be a bit concerned about with Glass now is just staying healthy. That's it. But he is absolutely filthy. The free agent market still includes high-end options, such as the aforementioned Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, 
Marcus Stroman, and Lucas Giolito. There are other options that include Brandon Woodruff, Clayton Kershaw, Michael Lorenzen, Mike Clevenger, Corey Kluber, Sean Manaya, and Alex Wood. I like Clevenger a lot. Uh, Lorenzen had a good straight through that no-hitter last year. The kid from Fullerton for the Phillies. Clayton Kershaw, I mean, if he comes back, I feel like there's only one place for him. That's the Dodgers. And then Woodruff, he's been filthy at times. So there are other starters out there. Uh, roster moves across MLB among the roster moves made on Monday via Major League Sources. Free agent pitcher Martin Perez to the Pirates on a one-year $8 million contract. Perez is 32, coming off a season with the Texas Rangers where he posted a 4.45 ERA. The Orioles have acquired Jonathan Heasley from the Royals. The move adds pitching depth to the Orioles roster while it clears a spot for the Royals 40-man for right-hander Michael Waka. Frasian pitcher Tom Pannoni has agreed to a minor league deal with the Chicago Cubs. Let's see if there's anything else interesting here. Yeah, meh. Not really. Onward and upward, at least not at this point. All right. The Sea Chickens. Unlikely cast of characters kept the Eagles grounded last night. They lose their third in a row on a wet Monday night in Seattle. And what a great story Drew Locke was. I mean, this guy hasn't started an NFL game in however long until what was last week. And here he was last night leading the Seattle Sea Chickens to a very unlikely victory against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it was it was really, really fun to watch. And if you don't love Pete Carroll, fuck off. Like, I can't help you. I really can't. He is one of the most inspirational guys that I've ever seen or known in my lifetime, period. So it says the rain started falling heavily as hope sunk into the nearby Puget Sound. Just over a minute remained. Quarterback Drew Locke doubted for good reasons, discarded, and playing for the injured Geno Smith took a snap and slung an attempt downfield toward the right sideline. DJ Metcalf caught it. Somehow the grab so improbable that it seemed like only he knew he had secured the ball. He leapt to his feet and held the ball up as if to say, it's okay if you want to cheer now. 56 seconds left. Locke's throw to Tyler Lockett fell incomplete. 36 seconds left. Another Lockett target. Another incompletion. 28 seconds left. Locke from shotgun decided to go deep once more. Again, he went to the right. Only this time. Jackson Smith. Najiba. I don't know how to say that. Was the intended target. The rookie wideout was two steps behind quarterback James Bradbury as he snagged the perfectly placed throw at the moment for the first time all night. Lumen Field sounded and felt and looked the way it once did when more dominant teams turned in performances 
like that more often. The ground on the upper level seemed to shake. The decibel meter flashed across the big screens. He's a great quarterback, Smith, the gym has said. I've seen it every day. So, huge win. Huge, huge win by the Seahawks last night. And obviously, a very big loss for the Eagles, who are in a dogfight now for that NFC East division with the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, this brings up MVP talks because Dak Prescott was the leader going into this past week's games. And now, who knows? Because you have not only Dak Prescott, which we can't completely dismiss him after the beatdown in Buffalo. But you got Lamar Jackson doing what he's doing in the AFC. And what if Josh Allen continues to lead the Bills into the postseason? They run the table and they end up winning the AFC East, which still is possible. That'd be obviously someone else that you could look to. But as of now, your betting favorite is Brock Purdy. He was the NFL's dead last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Now the MVP with a question mark. This is an article from the Wall Street Journal. It says the clearest sign that Brock Purdy is a big-time NFL quarterback. We've stopped freaking out that Brock Purdy is an NFL quarterback, period, because he's not supposed to be one, at least not according to the edified minds that assemble professional North American football teams who repeatedly passed over Purdy until San Francisco took him dead last with the 262nd overall pick, the final pick in the 2022 draft. It's a selection so desultory. It comes with a tongue-in-cheek nickname that isn't really tongue-in-cheek. Mr. Irrelevant. Last year, Purdy's story was, wow, Mr. Irrelevant is actually starting games as a rookie for the Niners. Then it was Mr. Irrelevant's pretty good. Now it's, is Mr. Irrelevant actually going to win the league MVP? Purdy faced a sturdy MVP competition, including Baltimore's dazzling Lamar Jackson, who was a stellar as the Ravens beat Jacksonville on Sunday night. Then there's Tyreek Hill. There's Tua in Miami and possibly Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. There's Dallas's Dak Prescott. Should he rebound from Sunday's long losing afternoon against the Buffalo Bills? There's also running back Christian McCaffrey, an all-around playmaker on Purdy's Niners team. Though non-quarterbacks tend to be disadvantaged in MVP races. Adrian Peterson was the last non-QB to win in 2012. Okay, I talked about this yesterday, but that's bullshit. There's no way this should just be a quarterback award, period. Christian McCaffrey is every bit as valuable as a fucking quarterback. As a matter of fact, I think he's more valuable. And if you look at it from all the different angles and you think where would the Niners be without Brock Purdy as opposed to where would the Niners be without Christian McCaffrey, it's pretty damn even. They could not sustain the loss of either one of those guys. Now, this is a deep team. 
They are. They're really, really good. But Christian McCaffrey is the best football player on the Niners. He's the best football player in the NFL. He's one of the best football players to ever play the game. Had an Instagram post about this morning. I don't think it's doing shit, but I, I put it up there talking about Christian McCaffrey being the MVP. Well, you know who agrees with me? Brock fucking Purdy. He went on record and said, I think C-Mac should be the MVP. And Brock, we agree with you. At least I agree with you here at the Daily Hustle. And it makes sense. But if we are to make a case for Purdy, it's pretty easy. Because if you look at the numbers and what he's doing, he's leading the league in almost fucking everything. The quarterback rating, all of the metrics, and that's why they call him the AI quarterback. Real scary moment when he was lying on the ground on Sunday. That was, uh, I saw that, that a minute later you see Christian McCaffrey on the sideline wrapping up his knee. It's like, oh, geez. And you can see the 49ers Super Bowl hopes go up in flames. I will say this. It is possible, it really is, that they could lose those guys and still win the Super Bowl. Not not both of them. But that's the beauty of the Niners this year. That's how deep and how good this team actually is. Okay, on another Niners note, Tom Brady says, fuck the Niners. NFL legend abandoned childhood team when they didn't draft them. They passed me up six times in 2000. So fuck them. And that whole staff that kept me out, Brady said of the Niners. Oh, that's why he's the GOAT. That's why he is the best. Look here, folks. You want to be great, you got to be obsessed. And you know what else you got to be? You got to have a little chip on your shoulder and you got to be an asshole that is going to come back and haunt anybody who's ever fucking questioned you through the course of your entire career. That's what makes Tom Brady the best. That's what made him a seven-time Super Bowl champion. He continued to play with a chip on his shoulder Week in and week out. There was always something new. Whether it was the flake gate coming back from the blowing ACL. Whether it was the whole thing with Belichick at the end when he went to Tampa. He was constantly trying to prove and then reprove himself over and over and over and over again. He never rested. He continued to work. He continued to redefine how he was going to train and how he was going to optimize his ability and his body and everything else. I love that attitude. Now, how do you instill that in kids? I don't know. That's that's tough, right? We're like, hey, be a good sportsman and it's okay and worry about what you can control and everything else. 
But part of what you can, you can control is your reaction to slights, your reaction to the naysayers. And that's how Tom felt. And I absolutely loved it. All right, here we go. Here's the article. And what a great picture this is. Tom Brady grew up a fan of Joe Montana and San Francisco 49ers. Brady was even famously in attendance as a kid to watch San Francisco win the 1981 NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys and saw Dwight Clark make the catch in person. But none of that matters to Brady anymore. As he now says, he doesn't root for the organization anymore. During his podcast, Let's Go on Monday, Brady says he harbors resentment toward the organization because they didn't make him a part of their team throughout his career. Brady didn't get drafted until the sixth round of the 2000 NFL draft by the New England Patriots, while his 49ers selected quarterback Giovanni Carmazzi in the third round. Carmazzi never played in an NFL game. This is incredible. Quote, they passed me up six times in 2000, so fuck them. And that whole staff that kept me out. Because I had a chip on my shoulder for a long time, Brady said of the 49ers, adding that he doesn't root for the team anymore. Brady's feelings on the 49ers were so strong that he delivered his unhinged rant to current 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, who was guest appearing on Brady's podcast. However, McCaffrey said he understands Brady's feelings and he feels the same thing about teams that have passed on him. That resonates with me 100%, McCaffrey said. I've always been very salty and had that chip as well. And seeing you you have it, it fires me up. It validates all of my emotions. Brady went on to win six Super Bowls with New England Patriots while the 49ers haven't won another title and made the playoffs just five times from 2000 to 2018. In 2019, Brady's last season in New England, the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl under Jimmy Garoppolo, but lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Brady hit free agency in 2020, but the 49ers did not bring him in to replace Garoppolo who is no longer with the team. Instead, Brady went to the Tampa Bay Bucs and won his seventh Super Bowl. ESPN reporter Seth Wickersham reported in October 2021 that the 49ers were Brady's top target in free agency in 2020, but the team repeatedly... Let's see here. Hold hold tight. Let's got to make sure I get some... Juice and Saipad. This is a great story. Uh, but the team repeatedly bowed out of the sweepstakes in favor of sticking with Garoppolo. This year, McCaffrey headlines a 49ers team looking to win his first Super Bowl since the 1994 season. Brady says he will be rooting for certain players like McCaffrey, but no one should expect Brady to throw on a 49ers jersey if they play in the big game. I root for Christian because I really like him and how he plays and the style he plays, and the team-first attitude, but not necessarily the colors on the jersey anymore, Brady said. Brady is 2-2 two and two against the 49ers in his career, his last game against his childhood team being one of the last games of his career in December of 2022, when the 49ers 
led by McCaffrey and the seventh round rookie quarterback Brock Purdy beat Brady's Buccaneers 35-7. To add one final disillusionment to Brady's childhood fandom, his childhood hero Montana insists that Brady, despite his seven Super Bowl rings, he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, that's taken out of context because if you've listened to Montana in the past, he has said that Brady is the greatest quarterback. Hold on, take a look at this though, because this is pretty fucking fantastic. That is Tom Brady and his mom at the 1981 NFC Championship game. So cool. So the Montana thing, he was asked, who is the greatest quarterback of all time? And Montana in the past has said it's Brady. Well, Montana was asked a question again, and he responded with, well, look, if you take titles out of it, which is fair, then I think Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But fortunately or unfortunately, nobody else is going to say Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time. The greatest quarterback of all time is going to be directly related to the number of championships. And let's just say, I don't know, Montana had three and Brady had four, then there would be huge debate, right? Or Montana had six and Brady had seven. And it was, then there could still be debate. Brady's got seven. Nobody else is even fucking close. Was it Bradshaw? He has four. Bradshaw's got three or four. Montana's got four. But look, they were all somewhat products of their system. But I would also say, if anything, Brady validated his by going to Tampa and winning another one. He is the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time, period. And until somebody either smashes every one of his passing records, and you, you remember this, this is a whole different game now. I mean, it really is a whole different game because you got quarterbacks slinging the ball out 50 times a game. That never used to happen. But until someone surpasses five and gets to six or seven, like I don't even want to have the debate because being a quarterback and what's so important about that is that it's, it's all about the team. It's all about figuring out how to put your team in the best position to win because no one gives a shit if you threw for 400 yards and you're taking the loss. All right. Uh, last thing here, Christian McCaffrey had a little jockeying back and forth with Brock Purdy. Uh, again, this is about McCaffrey's stint on the Let's Go podcast with Tom Brady. And Tom, why the fuck aren't you recording this thing on No Filter Network? I mean, this thing needs to be live, interactive. Come on, dude. This is where you need to be creating this. Put it out for Sirius XM. That's fine. But record it live here. That would be next level. Okay. So San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy has cemented himself as the MVP candidate 
in his second NFL season, just one year after emerging from the final pick of, in the draft to one of the league's youngest stars. However, young is a key word there, according to his teammate, veteran running back Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, 27. So that's what a veteran is, 27. Says the 23-year-old Purdy is the one player in the 49ers who can't grow more facial hair than himself. During an appearance on Tom Brady's Let's Go podcast, quote, I don't know if Brock has ever had a strand of hair come out of his face. He's still going through puberty, I think, McCaffrey said. You want to talk about the upside, the potential. He's only just hitting puberty. He'll be, he'll be here the next 20 years at this rate. Purdy has completed just under 70% of his passes this season while throwing for 3,795 yards, 29 touchdowns, and just seven interceptions through the first 14 games. In contrast to McCaffrey taunts, Purdy's comments on McCaffrey have been much more flattering. The second-year quarterback says his all-pro running back teammate should get the MVP award. Quote, I think Christian should be MVP. Purdy said following the 49ers 45-29 to 29 win over Arizona. Quote, I really do believe that. He does everything for us. And so, in my eyes, that's an MVP. Done. End of debate. Brock Purdy, the favorite to win the MVP, has said it himself, Christian McCaffrey is the real MVP. <sighs> he throws the ball. He catches the ball. He runs the ball. He does whatever the fuck you ask him to do. He's opening up his own holes. He's getting yards after contact. He's creating space. He's opening up lanes for other players. He is the most dynamic player in the history of the NFL. He's not the best running back. That was Barry Sanders. He's not the best receiver. That was Jerry Wright. He's not the best quarterback. That was Tom Brady. He is the best football player, period. He's not the best athlete. That was Bo Jackson. I've gone over this over and over and over again. But he, Christian McCaffrey, is him. The best football player overall, all around, who's ever played. So, I sound like a broken record now. Everyone have a fantastic day. We'll be back at you tonight. Will the Thrill. Deuces Wild will go for an hour or so. We will break down all the latest happenings across Major League Baseball, figure out where the Giants are on Snell. They're said to be the front runner. We'll see if Thrill has any insights. And if you are listening on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else where you could leave a review, comment, We'd really appreciate the five stars if you're feeling so generous in this holiday season, and we definitely would appreciate the comments. And if you ever want to join us on No Filter Network, when we do uh, record this live and uh, interactive, typically it's 6 p.m. Pacific time on nofilter.net. That's 6 p.m. Pacific time. And then the Deuces Wild Daily Hustles, we get rolling anywhere in that 8 to 10 o'clock our Monday through Friday. So that's it. Uh, off to play some more pickleball. Everyone have a fantastic day. See you tonight. Shut up.